What's up, everybody, and happy Monday to all my podcast listeners. You're tuning in to The Turning Point on this awesome Monday. My goodness, what a weekend of sports we had. We had college football. We had NFL action going on, NBA Finals. We've got some MLB playoffs tonight. We're going to talk all about it today. I can't wait to see some of your comments and your reactions to what you felt like went on. But man, it was a wonderful weekend of sports. The first thing I want to talk about on this Monday is the NBA Finals game that we had last night. The Heat got it done. Man, I, I am so surprised. I If you listen to the podcast on Friday, I thought the Lakers would take it. It's more and more like the Lakers were in a sweep. They don't have Bam. They don't have uh, Drogic um, in the lineup, and they still got it done. I, I cannot believe it. I was super surprised um, to see it happen. But if there's anything that we've found out from these Heat, from this exact Heat team, is that they fight they battle they scratch they claw they've got a great leader in jimmy butler i don't care what's gone on previously in his career i think some guys are just built to be leaders and i think that guy has just led his team in a great way you can tell his teammates love him um he was barking at lebron at the end of the game because i guess lebron was barking at him um saying that they were in trouble jimmy took that um and got a triple double 40 point triple double jimmy butler just a great game by him i mean he was the guy that stood out in this game triple double like i said 11 boards 13 assists had 40 points and got it done tyler hero he had a not so great shooting night but he played 36 minutes had 17 points uh duncan robinson i felt like had a decent game a game they needed him to have jay crowder a vet that's really really good uh, kelly olenic had a good game as well and you know they just got it done I mean, last night, if you look at the stats, you know, and just the plus minus, Anthony Davis was a negative 26, negative 26. And, you know, I said something today on Facebook. Um, I was talking about LeBron James and Jimmy Butler, and I mentioned that I wonder what it would be like if LeBron James had the leadership qualities that Jimmy Butler has. And I know that can be a controversial statement to some, but, you know, just think about it this way, you know, I've, I've seen LeBron James play ever since I was, uh, you know, he's been in the league, I think, 16, 17 years now. So probably since I was 12, 11, um, I've seen LeBron James play. LeBron's been on some pretty good teams. He's been on some pretty bad teams. But something that I've noticed is that he um, has not taken on a leadership role. And when I think of leadership, I think a guy that can co- coexist with a coach. I think of a guy that is a locker room guy, um, a guy that can get even the worst teammates involved. Um, and, and it just hasn't happened over his career. Nothing against him as a player, just as his leader, as as a leader of a basketball team. Yes, he's been at this now tenth NBA Finals. I get it. Okay, you could say, oh, that guy's a leader. He takes his team. But but really, when he was with the Heat, I feel like D Wade. That was his team. He was the leader of that group. When he went uh, back to Cleveland, okay, he may have been the leader, but he had Kevin Love. He had Kyrie Irving on his side, right? And and here. It should be no there. There should be no excuse for Anthony Davis getting in foul trouble. Number one, for turning the ball over as much as he did, and for being for only shooting nine times, nine times, guys, and having 15 points. There's no way that Anthony Davis should should even be in 
that conversation. As a, as a leader, you've got to get that guy motivated. Hey, we've got to go out there. We've got to punish them. We've got to take them. Um, in this game three, we've got to take it to them. We've got to get the win. But they didn't do it last night. And what I saw was LeBron James walking off at the end of the game, not even completing the game, but frustrated, you know, and, and, and just leaving. It's something that we saw here in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook so many times to, to just – it's, there's just something about that, just that giving up aspect, that the aspect of, you know, I'm not going to pump my team, my teammates up. I'm not going to tell some of these guys, hey, you had a pretty good game, Marcus Morris, Kyle Kuzma. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give them that that opportunity. You know, I'm not going to say, hey guys, let's get it next. You know, it's just it's just baffling to me that he just walked off the court. It just doesn't show that leadership. And I get it. LeBron James is one of the most controversial stars to ever hit sports. I get it. It's a new day and age. We have social media. There's media outlets that, that just think that guy just um, can't get it done. But at the end of the day, there's there's a leadership quality aspect that he hasn't had. There's a There's a, been a mentality of finishing games that he doesn't have that you've seen in Kobe a great leader had the mentality to go out and win at all costs may have not have had the best talent in the world but he was going to go get it done and you've seen that time and time again with LeBron Michael Jordan you know one of the greatest leaders of all time demanded so much from his teammates that his teammates were scared of him right I just haven't seen that in LeBron James and it's, it may not be anything to do with his play it's just his personality you know and I think sometimes it, it, it takes over. It's, it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant wasn't a leader when he was in Oklahoma City. They would have won three or four championships had he just led and said, listen, Russell, listen, Serge, listen, Kendrick, you know, I'm going to go out there and lead this team, you know, and I'm going to bring you with me. But it wasn't like that. I mean, and you could say all you want. That's my opinion over the matter. And I felt like it got to the Lakers and the Heat. In that Lakers Heat game last night, got to the Lakers. I think LeBron's got to be more of a leader. I think they'll still win this series just on talent alone. But if it comes down to it, LeBron James, to me, hasn't expressed the, the leadership over his career to get it done. He's been to 10 finals and he's only won three, you know, going on his fourth, right? If he wins this year, that's 40% of the finals that he's been in. And I get it, he's played in the East. You know, they're playing. he's played great competition. He's played the Golden Age Warriors. You know, he's had to get through Oklahoma City. He's had to get through Dirk at the end of his career. But come on, man. Enough with the excuses. LeBron is a great player. He'll go down as one of the greatest of all time, maybe even a top three guy. But just the fact that, that he hasn't been able to put these teams away I mean, this is the Heat. This is probably the third or fourth best, probably the fourth, fifth best team in the league, in my opinion, this whole, you know, even in the bubble. And the Lakers, they gave up a game to a team that's been hurting, that's missing two guys. Anthony Davis, 6 of 9 for 15 points, negative 26 plus. I mean, come on, man. LeBron had a decent game. He missed three free throws. He had eight turnovers. I mean, something's got to give. And, you know, LeBron James in the end of his career, something that'll help his legacy is to show the leadership qualities that he has. I think he, I think he's got something in there. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't shown it. And I see a guy on the other side, uh, Jimmy Butler, that's demanding more from his teammates, and they're getting it done. They love him. They express gratitude. I know in in uh, Philadelphia and even in Chicago where he wasn't so happy 
Um, you know, the team was going in a direction that he didn't want to go in. He went to Minnesota. I, I just feel like sometimes with Jimmy, he gets that, that uh, bad teammate vibe, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it just goes to show his leadership. He demands so much from his teammates that some guys just can't handle. I mean, a guy that's literally 20 years old and Tyler Hero is having the, the playoffs of his life, right? He's just in his first campaign, he's doing well. Sometimes guys his age, rookies, 20-year-olds, they crap their pants in these situations. And he's not doing it. He's going out, he's giving everything he's got for, for that guy. Ken, uh, Kelly Olenek came in, had a great great game. I mean, Jimmy Butler was a plus 20, Jay Crowder plus 21. We can just look at the analytics and that Myles, Myers Leonard plus 13 had a decent game in 13 minutes. Uh, I mean, you look at it, he outplayed Dwight Howard, you know. My, Myers Leonard outplayed Dwight Howard. I mean, there's just something that's got to give. LeBron will have a great finals, I guarantee it. They'll win either in five or six, but you got to sweep them. The Heat are so down. They have two guys, two of their best players that were out. And they just keep firing, man. They just keep playing. Jimmy played 45 minutes last night. I mean, he only missed three minutes, but he was going to do everything he could for his team to win. I was watching, you know, and I saw several times where he would go up, you know, and get a bucket when it needed. When needed, you know, he would do something that, you know, is needed by a leader. And he did it, man. Uh, 13 assists. He got his guys involved. Um, by far and away, the leading assist guy of the game and even just on his team and of the whole game period. I mean, but but what does LeBron do from here? What does his legacy show? You know, I'm sure he's been he's been dogged all day on social media and, and you know all the 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 uh, radio broadcast and and TV. I mean, I'm sure like I am right now. But but what does he do? You know, does he continue to to just let his team slide? I mean, come on, man. Come on. There's no way that Anthony Davis needs to have 15 points in this game. You've got to go to him and say, dude, you got to score. you got to score. you got to get find, find ways to get that guy the ball. He's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's a, he's what we would call a gazelle in sports, right? He's a guard playing the, the center position. They've got to have it, man. They've got to have it. I mean, I was so surprised in this game that the Lakers couldn't get it done. I was so, so surprised, probably like everybody this morning. So they play in two, two days from now, um, or is it tomorrow? I think maybe, yeah, they play, they play tomorrow. So what do the Lakers do? Playing tomorrow, they, they've just they've got to get it done, man. They've got to get it done. I think if they lose another, they're in trouble. I mean, the, the whole uh, psyche of the team, the whole, um, you know, because let's, let's be honest, if the Heat win this series, if the Heat win this series, uh, I can't even imagine what's going to be talked about with LeBron James and his legacy. I mean, there is no way, no way the Heat should win this. But with the leadership, the young talent, great coach. I mean, Eric Spolstra is one, you know, whoever he's got. He's a great coach. But I loved it. Just a fantastic game last night. Um, you know, one of the best finals games that you'll ever watch. And the Heat got it done. You know, as as a, you know, uh, you know, some some analysts have said, you know, the Heat are one of the toughest teams that they've ever seen. Right? 
one of the toughest teams they have, have they've ever seen. I mean, the resilience. But for their best player, what what is he? You know, he's resilient, right? He's had to work for everything he's got in the NBA, and it just shows the attitude that he's had. You know, it's it's that it's not all about me. It's about winning. I know he was asked last night. After the game, Rachel Nichols asked him, you know, you had a triple-double in the final. He basically said, I don't care about that. I'm a winner. I want to win. I want to win these games. I would run through a brick wall for that guy, right? You want a guy like that on your team. He's got no credit over his career except for being a guy that, that came from nothing, that's really made a name for himself, but he's got no credit. He's been called a bad teammate. He's been called a selfish player. He's been called, you know, a... Uh, uh, just a defensive guy, but man, he scored 40 points, triple-double, got his team to win, great leader. The guys in the locker room love him. He's found his happy place, and uh, just it was good to see. It was good to see. Again, I don't see the Lakers winning this series, but or I mean, the sorry, I don't see the Heat winning this series. I see the Lakers taking it, um, but, you know, what a great performance. It's a great story. I love to see it. Jimmy Butler, you know, the Heat are going to be even better next year. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But I've got the Lakers, you know, taking this and, you know, Le LeBron taking it on his shoulders and hopefully shows a little bit more leadership. I mean, get your teammates ready, man. Get your teammates going. Get them hyped up. Get them – I mean, there's no way they should have lost that game. I could just imagine a press conference with Kobe Bryant. You know, instead of Sulkin, man, he probably would have been all over those guys. And sometimes you've got to have a winning attitude. You've got to be a leader in the locker room. You've got to have guys willing to run through a brick wall for you. It's not a me mentality. It's a team mentality. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. All right, so let's talk about college football, man. Let's talk about Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, I'm a Sooners fan. I was pretty uh I was pretty appalled at what I saw this last week. It, it's a uh it's concerning, right? I mean, it's concerning obviously cuz now it's a wash season. I think we're all we can all agree on that. It's a wash season. We've lost two. There's no way we're making the playoff if they have a playoff this year. We could probably still shoot for the Big 12, but with the team that's out there on the field, I just don't I just can't see it happening, right? As a fan, as an onlooker, even if I wasn't a fan, I mean, you watch the Oklahoma Sooners and you're like, mm, that's just an average team at best. I talked about Lincoln Riley last week, and, and I, I defended him, and you know I, I said that I didn't think it's him. I don't believe it's him. You shouldn't blame him. I called you all out, and I'm still that way. It's not... It's, it's not it's not all Lincoln Riley. I, I, I hate to uh, burst your bubble, but it's not Lincoln Riley. It's not. Lincoln, you know, made one mistake that I can think about in that game, and that was the kick field goal in the first drive. He, he probably should have just went for it. But also, on the other hand, you got to think about as a coach, my team can't move the ball. We can't run it. We just need a yard, but they can't run the ball. My offense line looks out of shape. They look like they're not ready. They look like they don't care. They can't get a push on the line of scrimmage where OU has dominated in the last several years. It's just not happening. 
this is a totally different offensive line than what we've had, let's say, when Baker was here, when Baker had like 20 seconds to throw the ball. There are so many different pieces that are just not working. So what do we have to do? And I hope I hope that Lincoln and the staff takes into consideration and just doesn't think that we can't get stuff done. This is just a wash season. Let's move on to next year. But we've got to get some young guys in there, some guys that want to play. I mean, it was so bad, so bad. The holding penalties, just the bonehead mistakes that that OU was making on Saturday night against Iowa State and Ames. It was a, it was a disaster, right? It was the mistakes, the the amount of penalties, the just the I don't give a cares. It, it was bad. It was it was bad. And I I just I don't know. That's got to be I mean there's got to be a change. I mean because at the end of the day what we have on the field is not working. It's not. As an onlooker, as a fan, it's it's not working. For those that are blaming Spencer Rattler, come on now. He had a, probably the best game he's had. I mean, I know he had a good game the first game. It was against, you know, the high school down the street. But he had a, I felt like he played a great game. He, he did well. He threw that one bad pass. But, of course, you know, he got held. I get it. Those are excuses. But other than that, had, a, had just a great game. But he was kind of forced in that situation. He, he feels like he can't throw the ball down the field. Because number one, the receivers ha- can't get open. Number two, the offensive line can't block for more than two seconds. It's just a disaster. I mean, it really is, and and I and I hate to be like that, but something's got to give. I talked about it last week. The players have to want it more. The players have to want to play football. The players have to go back to the basics. They have to want it. I have not seen so many missed tackles in my life. I guarantee you between Buki, Bonito, Trey Brown, those guys probably had like 25 missed tackles. Brian Osmo, Deshaun White had several. It's just, it's, it's just bad. Those are basic things that you have to get back to. You, you learn at a young age, and I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if they're afraid. I don't know if they are taught differently. I don't know if it's because COVID kind of, you know, threw a wrench in that in that scenario. I don't know what it is. As an onlooker, something has to change. Something because Iowa State, they're a good football team, but come on, man. The defense. It's not Grinch, folks. It's not Grinch. I can promise you that it's not him. He is working with Mike Stoops' defensive backs, the worst. Probably the worst group in the whole entire Big 12 is OU's defensive backfield. There was a stat that was given like eight times at the on the game. And I was hoping a staffer was watching it and realized, oh, we got to change something. But they obviously they weren't. They were focused on the game. OU doesn't have a single starting defensive back that is over 5'10". And they are playing a team with the average wide receiver height at six foot four. You are giving up six inches. Buki's giving up like eight inches, nine inches. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just, it's sad because I feel like the confidence meter on the guys that are behind these guys are slim. Either that or we're just letting them play to get out. 
have their chance at the NFL and then we'll just move guys in. Maybe at the beginning of the season there's COVID that's hitting. Maybe this season was a wash, a new quarterback, a bunch of new receivers. I can tell you what, on the offensive side of the ball, the reason why we're not moving it is because we don't have number two. We don't. We don't have CeeDee Lamb. There is a guy playing for the Dallas Cowboys right now that the Oklahoma Sooners do not have, and that's CeeDee Lamb. I thought Hazelwood could make that change, but he tore his ACL, unfortunately, so he's not going to get to play this year. Maybe. He might come back later. I thought he might be that guy. Theo Weiss, I don't know what's going on with him. He can't get open. He's probably getting double teamed. Marvin Mims, he might still be hurt. I think he was hurt more last week than what they're giving. He didn't have much of a game at all, if any. Rambo made a couple decent catches. That guy's been non-existent since he's been here. Austin Stogner was the bright and shining point. Spencer finally threw him the ball like he should be. 6'7", 250, tight end. Going to be a first-round talent in the NFL. Finally getting him the ball. But between the offensive line and the wide receivers, what what's on the field is it just isn't going to cut it. And I, I so hate to be like that because these are young kids. Man, I get it. You know, but at the University of Oklahoma, when you wear Sooners across, when you wear Sooners across your chest, when you wear it, it means something, right? I heard something talked about the other day. Well, maybe oh, you should start recruiting these high school kids that you know come from Oklahoma. You know that that wearing Sooners means something. I think a few of those guys on your defense is great. I'd love it. We've missed out on some great talent in the state over the last several years that, you know, really at the end of the day sucks. That we've lost out on these guys, that homegrown talent. But at the end of the day, you've just got to get – I don't care if they're from, you know, Texas. I don't care if they're from California, Florida. If they're from Ohio, if they're from Nebraska. You know, I don't – Missouri, I don't care. You've just got to get guys that are going to give you effort. I don't care if they're a five-star. If they're a prima donna that's never going to do anything, that's never going to you know, really make something for themselves as a player, that's not going to care about um, – that, well, that's going to care more about their image than, than making contact and making football plays, it's just not going to work out for you. That's worried about getting to the NFL before they learn the basics of football, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. I'll take a I'll take a five eight a five eight five nine guy that'll go and smack you any day over a you know a, a six foot five star corner a six foot one two hundred and forty pound linebacker it just man it's just baffling and it, and it's hard you know it, it's 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 hard to to figure out what It's just I don't know. It, it's it's difficult to it's difficult to figure out what um, is the is the solution because at the end of the day, there's just I don't know. It's just a head scratcher. What what does OU do from here? I think they've got to grow. I think they've got to grow. I think they've got to take you know they've taken their licks now. They've got to grow. Texas is this next week. It's going to be a tough game. I know Texas is coming off a loss. I think Texas is the better team, unfortunately, to, to say that. 
but OU's going to have to take their licks, right? And they're going to have to go out, and they're going to have to maybe play some young guys, maybe take three or four losses this season, and let these guys grow together. Because the what they've had on the field the last, you know, let's talk about two, three years, but at least defensively, is it hasn't worked. Corners, safeties, just just none of it. I mean, none, none of it, none of it's gonna work. I mean, it hasn't. So what do we gotta do? We gotta change something. I know we're missing Ronnie Perkins, but it's one guy, man. But number, you know, uh, Neville Gallimore is in Dallas. We lost a decent lineman. We lost Kenneth Murray, a first round linebacker. That's really showing right now. We lost Parnell Motley, who was, you know, best corner last year. He's had his up and down in college, but played had a great senior season. There's just a lot of guys missing, man, that you can tell now. And our front seven hasn't been terrible. I mean, they missed some, a lot of tackles. There was a few guys that missed so many tackles on Saturday. But the back end of the defense is something's got to give. I mean, I don't. I, I just feel like you know, gotta let these young guys, these bigger, t- talented. I don't care if it's a three star, or two star, whatever. Just let them play, man. Just give them the opportunity. Somebody's got to push these guys because Trey Brown has been a starter since he's got here, right? Jaden Davis has been a, a semi a semi starter since he's got here. Um. Buki has been a starter since he's got here. Pat Fields and De- Delarian Turner Yell have been starters since they got here. They haven't been pushed. You've got to allow these young guys to push these guys, or nothing is ever going to change. You're going to continue to have the same stuff week in and week out without letting these guys, you know, letting these young guys push for playing time, letting them have the opportunity. Because you might have a diamond in the rough that you don't even know about because you won't. Give them an opportunity. And I know they've had a shortened season. A lot of these young freshmen that we hear about, you know, have it's a shortened season, it, no training camp, no spring ball. You know, they haven't got very many reps. But how do they get reps? They're going to have to learn in games. They're going to have to get the opportunities, these, these young guys. These DBs for the last few years have just not had anybody to push them. I have my starting position, so why do I have to get better, you know? Something's got to give, and and it's unfortunate that it's going this way. Like I said, OU will probably eventually lose three or four games. It's it's just bound to happen. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't lose anymore. But it's going to be a tough season. You know, do do, uh, Lincoln Riley and Bill Biedenbo start putting these young guys in and on the offensive line, giving them a shot? I don't know, because the juniors and seniors that they have out there just ain't working, right? You know, Creed, you know, you know, his he's been a great, great ambassador to Oklahoma football. He's been a great player. You know, he's he's been one of the best centers that we've ever seen, but this year he's struggling, and, and it could be shortened season. It could be that he's hurt a little bit. I know he got hurt in the last game, um, but he's he, I, I watched one time. He just got straight bullied by the defensive tackle. I mean, a guy that's a first-round talent literally got toppled over on the ground and it didn't, it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't look good. <laughs> so what do you do? I don't have all the answers, I'm sorry, but I do know what I would do. 
and I'd give these young guys some playing time. I'd let them get out there and, and you know, make something for themselves, show something. What do they have? You know, what do they have to work with? You know, we'll see where it goes from here. Like I said, big rivalry next week against Texas. OU's the favorite I saw open up. I mean, people are still, you know, banking on OU to have a good season. But we'll see. We'll see, right? Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see what Lincoln can do, um, what, you know, Grinch can do. You just got to mix it up, you know. You just got to let some of these young guys play. Um, you got to look at the bright side of things. You got to give Spencer an opportunity. Um, he's growing as a player, obviously, you know, and, and you'd look for him to be a Heisman contender by the end of the year, you know, Heisman contender next year. Um, but sometimes you just got to wrap it up. You've got to try to win football games. You've got to give some of these young guys time. You've got to just really push and motivate these older guys. And, uh, I mean, because OU's not used to this situation, obviously, right? They're used to winning. You know, it's a, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a blue blood, blue, uh, blood program. And, uh, that's it. I mean, I think that's the only scenario that's going to play out and work for OU is, is if they give these guys the opportunity to succeed. And it, it's obviously not happened. Uh, I think that might be one of the downfalls with Lincoln this year is just the adjustments, him and Grinch. But you can't place all the blame on him. You know, players have to play the game, right? I knew that as a player. You know that if you played ever played a team sport, that the players play the game. You get coached up, yes. you got to be able to co coexist with the coach. But at the same time, you've got to make the effort. You've got to do what's right. You've got to make the plays happen. And that's what these Sooners have got to do. It's never going to work if that doesn't happen. They've got so much of an opportunity. So much of an opportunity to make something out of this season. So what are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to be better? And if if they're not, I've got to I've got to say as a coach, I've got to get some of these young guys playing time that are going to go out there and give effort, that are going to show what they've got. If you want to make it to the NFL, man, you've got to be one of the small percentage of college football players that go out and show out. I think some guys they go in and they they just try to um, bank on talent alone or their name or you know what people think of them. No, you've got to go out and make plays. These NFL teams are not just going to go out there and get guys that'll just uh, not show effort, that aren't going to make tackles, that aren't gonna, that are going to miss coverages, you know, that aren't going to make blocks, that are going to hold occasionally. It's just not going to happen, man. And I get it. You're going to school. You're getting a degree. You're probably setting yourself up for a pretty good life. But what is it going to take for these guys at the University of Oklahoma, specifically in this season. It ended bad last year, obviously. We got just destroyed by LSU. But what are these guys going to do? I'll tell you what they should do, and that's look at the mirror, look deep down inside, and say, can I give more effort? Can I be a better player? Can I wear the Sooners across my chest with pride? And if they can check those boxes, it's going to happen. They're going to wheel to get there. These guys know they have to get better. I mean, I watched the offensive line, and they look so out of shape. They don't look like a unit. I talked about it last week. With offensive lines, you have to have chemistry. 
you have to be there for the guy next to you or it's just not going to work for you. It's not going to work for your team. Games are won at the line of scrimmage, and right now OU is not dominating the line of scrimmage. They're getting dominated. When you when you look at Oklahoma and, and the roster that they have and all the players that they've gotten, you can look up and down and realistically think, oh, OU's going to be the dominant team at the line of scrimmage. So it's, it's, it's surprising when you see them getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. It's unfortunate, <laughs> right? But something has to work out. You have to get better. You have to not just say it, but you have to do it, right? You have to make yourself available to change and, and getting better, right? Showing more effort, going through the grind, not worried about the NFL, not worried about, you know, uh, anybody else's job other than your own. They've got to do it. I think they can do it. I think they have it deep down inside of them. We're going to see this next week. We're going to see, right? We're going to see it, and we're going to see what, um, you know, what changes are made. It's Texas. It's a rivalry. Who cares about the win and loss, right? Let's just get better. state team the Oklahoma State Cowboys had a great win on Saturday they beat the Kansas Jayhawks pretty handedly um, I mentioned last week that I thought it would be good for uh, the Cowboys faithful and and uh, for uh, the university as a football team to see their team win by four or five six touchdowns and they came out and did it they got second uh, second string third string guys in late in the game they're rolling they're looking good i know that um, the pokes fans out there are super excited about what they have for a team uh, they've been without spencer sanders now for uh, pretty much the third game um, you know we'll see if they even are put him back on the field when he gets back i mean he's a good player but this illingworth guy has been you know shane illingworth has been everything um like his hype shown i mean out of california he's been a good player uh saturday he was 17 for 23 265 yards had three touchdowns so the, you know there's a lot to be happy about if you're the cowboys i'm sure there's some things that you know they're gonna have to work on um, they're gonna continue to have to grind play good defense they've been one of the better defenses in the big 12 so far i know the competition it hasn't been you know outstanding i mean it, can't you can't rely a whole lot when you play Kansas other than to beat them by 40 like they did um, I thought was very very good it's it's a step in the right direction they've got to continue to make forward progress um, continue to to be able to run the ball throw the ball play, play great defense sorry about that <laughs> video popped up on the computer um, here looking at the at the box score but you know uh, something I mentioned was Chuba Hubbard. You know, it would be great to see the guy get over 100 yards. He hadn't done it in the first two games. He did it on Saturday. I think that's great for him. 20 carries, 145 yards. He averaged 7.3 a carry. Um, he had two touchdowns. So it's good if you're a Cowboys fan to see that. Um, to see that Mike Gundy I'm, uh, was pleased after the game with his offense. I think 
you know, Tylen Wallace had a good one, another good game, 148 yards on nine catches, had two touchdowns to go with it. So they're rolling. I mean, the Cowboys are looking um, as impressive as what people thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Had a lot coming back um, on a on a good team last year, a team that um, you know had their ups and downs, but showed some excitement for the year to come. Tyler Wallace coming off the injury, Chuba Hubbard coming back. So they've been good. Obviously, talent will get um, even better. Tougher schedule down the line. Um, they've got Texas. They've got Oklahoma to battle with. They're going to have TCU, um, Iowa State, Kansas State. So, I mean, just you know, the, the better teams in the Big 12 that you would think they're going to have to match with. They're going to have to um, continue to play well. But I know for Oklahoma State fans, you guys, you're pumped up. You're excited. There's everything to be excited about. You're first, tied for first right now with Iowa State in the Big 12. Um, you'd get that lead on the tie just because of the overall record. But they've got to continue to push. They've got to continue to show that you know they're the best team in the Big 12 moving forward. I think there's a lot of people. There's, well, there's, there are. There's a lot of people out there that thought at the beginning of the season that OSU would be uh, forced to be reckoned with, and they're just showing it right now. I know OU was picked to win the Big 12, but obviously they've shown um, the, the, their spots of, of – uh, their spots of, of need and they've shown their OU shown where they need some great play out of players and it hasn't happened yet but I think OSU as a as a um, overall team has really shown that they can play some football you know a defense that a lot of had a lot of question marks at the beginning of the season are now being fulfilled those those question marks I think um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here they've got Baylor um, on the 17th, they've got an off week, um, and then they go to I or they play Iowa State and Texas back to back. So, uh, season's just going to get tougher for the Pokes, but I think that they continue to 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 play well. Um, you know, let's let's be honest here. I mean, Gundy's had his difficulties, right? Gundy is he's struggled. Um, in years past, he hasn't really won that big game that he's just needed to win. There was a few seasons in there where they did really well. I remember the year they beat Stanford um, and, and uh, you know, won a BCS bowl game in that, beat Andrew Luck in Stanford. And, and, but he's had his downfalls, obviously. He, he's a coach that has literally – I mean, he is obviously – I mean, there's, there's no contest has been the greatest coach in Oklahoma State history just on the fact of the games that he's won – He's brought a relevant program. The stadium has improved. The facilities have improved. The talent alone has improved. They've got better since Gundy's there. He hasn't been able to beat Oklahoma, but he's shown some progress. He's gotten Oklahoma State in a position where they can win after him, and I think that's you know it's impressive. It's something to to applaud of him. The, whether or not you're six and six, or or maybe a little bit below uh, five hundred, or you know you're you're competing for the Big Twelve championship in big bowl games, um, Mike Gundy's been that. He's he's been he's been great. Obviously, downfalls. It's well um, talked about, but he's been good so far this year in the pandemic season, and we'll see where they go. Um, can uh, can the offense continue to? Um, move the ball like they do, continue to score? Can the defense continue to be the bright spot of the team? I mean, honestly, I, I didn't see it happening. But 
watching that game on Saturday, those guys tackle. Um, they play hard. Uh, they want to win. They want to help the offense out and get the ball back where their um, offense can move it and score so they don't have to be on the field the whole game. I mean, hey, applaud, applaud Mike Gundy and the coaching staff. Um, they had a lot of talent come back, uh, talent that they needed. And I, I look forward to them, you know, continuing to, to get better and better, continuing to show that they can compete for a Big 12 championship this year. Um, and, and we'll see about the playoff later on. Um, they're going to have to beat Oklahoma. I mean, let's just be honest here. They're going to have to beat Oklahoma. They're going to have to beat Texas. Um, and they're going to have to win those games that they probably should win, that they may fall on, like a Iowa State or a Kansas State. Um, just about like every year, the Baylors of the world, the Texas Techs, the TC, they're going to have to win those games. And um, I believe... You know, I believe I'm a firm believer in Oklahoma State football this year. Um, I know that they're considered little brother to OU. I mean, just because of the wins and loss record in that rivalry, the amount of championships OU's won, the Heisman trophies, the All Americans, the conference championships, just to go all the way all the way around. You know, the the winning and uh, wins and loss records between the two teams, uh, even past being competitive with one another um, in the in the Bedlam game, but. OSU's the real deal this year. I've, I've enjoyed watching them. I think that, you know, they, they're just doing what they can to win games. And they needed that game on Saturday where they could show their, their muscle, right, and beat a team by uh, four or five scores. I mentioned it. They needed to do that. They needed to show the fan base, the school. They needed to show one another, most of all, and Gundy that they could do it. And they did it. They came out, beat a team that they should beat by that. Uh, 40 points and they beat Kansas so uh, applaud you know applauding them and and uh, you know uh, hand clap to them today for getting it done um, and look for them to continue to do it Baylor this week I think will be a tough test for them um, but I think they should win and then you know moving forward or not this week but uh, next week the 17th and then moving forward to playing Iowa State on uh, October the 24th. That'll be a big matchup if Iowa State can continue to win um, and stay ranked. That'll be a big, big contest. So uh, just the Big 12 in general, Texas loses this weekend. Uh, you know, they, they really um, got lucky the week before. Um, they scored a lot of points, but the defense gave up a lot. They did it again this week. Um, you know, they... they uh, they made TCU's offense look like a steamrolling machine. Um, so, but they got it done. I mean, at the end of the day, TCU got it done. And, and Texas, again, fell down. Max Duggan had a, a great game. Kid from Iowa, you know, we, we know Max Duggan pretty well. Uh, played well for TCU last year as a freshman. Uh, has come in, really taking that job. And, uh, you know, with Gary Patterson's defense, I mean, you can always keep them in it. Um, but they, they came out, beat Texas, super surprising. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought Texas would, would handle TCU, especially coming off the game that they were they were at. I figured they would want to really show their willpower and, and really show that, um, you know, they could compete in the Big 12. But, you know, Texas, Texas, <laughs> I guess you could say over the last, you know, 10 years, they've done the same thing. They came out and really just were flat, much like OU in their game, just were flat. 
um, not a whole lot of um, grit and, you know, toughness. We need to win this game, and they lost, you know, 33-31. Um, mistakes, mental errors at the end of the game, they fumbled the ball. You can't do that on the one-yard line going in to potentially win the football game. You cannot do that, and Texas did it. And, uh, you know, just the Big 12 is just kind of wide open. There's two teams there at the top at 2-0, and but who's going to win it this year? Um it's not looking good for OU. It's not looking good for Texas. Um, the two teams that you would think would be competing, um, OSU is in the in the driver's seat as long as they can uh, get better, uh, continue to move the ball, continue to play sound defense. But wide open Big Twelve. Uh, you know, we'll we'll talk more about it this week um, throughout the week. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this next week's action. I'm looking forward to the Red River rivalry, OU Texas, this weekend coming up. We'll talk more about it this, uh, this week, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, college football has got off to a hot start. The Big Ten will be starting pretty soon. The Pac-12 will be starting pretty soon. The SEC, Alabama still looking dom- dominant, right? Georgia looked great against Auburn. Um, Arkansas, wow, Arkansas got their first SEC win in, in quite a while, right? Um, they beat Mississippi State, the hot start that the Bulldogs had um, the week before against LSU in the win. They stymied L- or they stymied Mississippi State, Arkansas Razorbacks. You know they stymied Mississippi State, and they got the win. So, yeah, great college football action going on this last weekend. Uh, we'll see more and more progress through the season. We'll see if the Sooners can bounce back against Texas uh, this coming Saturday. We'll we'll see what happens, you know, throughout the uh, throughout the college football landscape just this weekend. I mean, it seems like every weekend is a big weekend in college football this year, because of the pandemic, because of the shortened seasons. Who's going to be uh, at the at the end of the line? Who's going to be ready for the playoff if they are if they have the playoff? Um, so more, we'll talk about it more this week. Um, exciting times here in 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 Oklahoma with football. Uh, where did the Sooners go from here? Two losses. Uh, where did the Cowboys go from here? Three wins. Looking really good right now. So stay tuned for more of that. What a weekend in NFL. I mean, great games. Some high-scoring games. I mean, what was that all about? I mean, just the, the amount of high-scoring games, the amount of points scored. I know fantasy football enthusiasts were loving it this weekend. Um, just a lot of high-scoring games, good games. We, we could talk, you know, several different teams. Uh, the Cowboys were another disappointment. I, I mentioned last week that, you know, watch out for the Browns. The Browns can get it done. Um, and Baker Mayfield in the game. They got it done. They beat the Cowboys 49-38. What is going on with the Cowboys defense? I think that's the biggest question mark to start the season for any team is is the fact that Dak Prescott threw for 502 yards and you still lose because they gave up 49 points, people. I mean, they just don't have the defense. They've got all the talent in the world on offense. They've got an average quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. Dak is average. I'm sorry. He's 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 not a uh, he's not a leader at the quarterback position. Um, they are not going to win games with Dak Prescott being there. It's just not going to happen. Um, no running game at all. I mean, what is going on? You know, maybe I've saw some things today that Mike McCarthy might might not be the answer. I don't think the team's ready. 
I don't think the team is willing to win football games. I think they're just willing to go out there and showboat. They're just willing to get their name called. Um, and, it, and it falls back on the owner and GM, Jerry Jones. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, forever. Until he lets go of the reins of that team and just becomes the owner, you know, for the last of his, of his days, I'm telling you, nothing will be accomplished. Because at the end of the day, Jerry cares about money. And it's not working. He's built one of the greatest franchises. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's won some Super Bowls since he's been there, right? But the Cowboys haven't sniffed the Super Bowl in like 25 years, people. And we call them America's team? No. No. Right now, I'd say the Browns are America's team, right? <laughs> More than the Cowboys. 3-1, and one, upstart, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., who's had like a revelation, not causing problems, making plays. Jarvis Landry, his buddy, great offensive line, decent defense. I mean, you give up 502 yards and you'd say, oh, but man, the Cowboys right now, just a complete joke. And I think it starts at the top with Jerry Jones and then goes on down from there. The decisions that he's made in the last 25 years where it's been about the money. I get it. You're a businessman. Make your money, man. But give the GM position to somebody else, right? There's Cowboys fans that have been Cowboys fans since the 50s, 60s, right? They love the Cowboys. It doesn't matter if the Cowboys go 8-8. Eight and eight, They're still going to love the Cowboys. But it's starting to get crazy. The team is bashed so much by their own fans that their own fans are willing to say, I'm okay with an 8-8 eight eight season. No, man. No. The team is like the fans. The team is like their owner. The team is like their head coach. It just, it's not working. It's not. It's just going to show that Jason Garrett wasn't the problem. Because they've got a great coach in Mike McCarthy. Don't get me wrong. He took the Packers, won a Super Bowl, right? With Aaron Rodgers. Made Aaron Rodgers who he is today. I, I'll say it. I'd say it to my grave. Mike McCarthy is a good coach in my opinion. I don't think it's the coaching. They have too many guys that want their hand in the pot. They want their hand in the game. It's all about me. We talked about LeBron James earlier today, right? In the podcast, talking about how a lot of times LeBron James, it's all about him. You've got to be a better teammate. You've got to have a leader. Tom Brady is a leader, right? Tom Brady won, has won six Super Bowls. And a lot of the times with some of the worst talent in the league. Talent that, you know, would be on any other team that just don't make... I mean, Chris Hogan. Take Let's, let's take Chris Hogan as an example for a second. Since that guy left New England and Tom Brady, he hasn't done anything. He had an amazing playoffs that year. An amazing season. And now he's away and he hasn't done anything. Because Tom Brady is a leader. He lets Bill Belichick call, make the game plans. He lets Bill Belichick run the team. He plays quarterback. He wills his team to win. He gets those guys in the right position. He makes great decisions as a, as a teammate and as a player. And then you have a guy 
let's just say like Dak Prescott, who in my opinion is not a leader. He's not getting his team to win. He, he threw the ball well yesterday, but his team lost. You throw 502 yards and you lose four touchdowns. I think the other problem is the fact that he threw 58 times, man. You have Ezekiel Elliott playing on the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott. Just about every team in the NFL would love him. He had 12 rushes. 12 rushing attempts. Imagine if he was on Cleveland. As good as their running game is. 12 attempts running the football for 54 yards. Didn't have a single touchdown. But hey, he had eight catches. They got the ball better, or they got the ball to people better yesterday. I'll admit it. CeeDee Lamb had two touchdowns. Where's he been? First four games. Hadn't got the ball to him. Running reverses with CeeDee Lamb. Mari Cooper, 12 catches, 134 yards. Had a great game and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, the new tight end. Four catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. But Ezekiel Elliott, eight catches for 71 yards. But guess what? He ran the ball 12 times. There's a reason you're losing. There is a reason you're losing. Decisions being made. And I am worried that, you know, the Cowboys, for you Cowboys fans, that they're trying to make Dak Prescott the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's not. He's just not the best quarterback. He makes bad decisions. He's he's not playing the same game as he did when he first came into the league, right? He's not running the ball much. It's just a joke right now, man. One and three. Lose 49-38 to to the Browns, who arguably have been a pretty good team this year. I get it, right? But you lost the game. You lost it. In a game that you probably should have won, you lost. And I said last week, I'm telling you guys, I said last week, you've got to watch out for the Browns in this game because they can get it done. Cowboys. Cowboys fall to one and three. Browns three and one. Enough with the Cowboys, right? I know you guys don't want to hear it from me. <laughs> but it was bad. It was bad. Another surprising loss. The Cardinals lost to the Panthers. Matt Rule is on fire, right? He is on fire right now. Two and two. Put the put the loss for the Cardinals to two and two. I mean, they were a hot start, right? Arizona, 2-0 and to start the season. Kyler Murray, you know, looking like a, a MVP, um, you know, an all-pro type guy. And uh, they've struggled the last two weeks. Kyler didn't have a good game yesterday. Um, so where do they go from here? I think the, the Panthers are a lot better than what people think. They got a new coach in Matt Rule. I think he's a good coach. Been every, everywhere he's been, he's won, right? Teddy Bridgewater comes in, plays pretty well. This is all without Christian McCaffrey, so, you know, impressive. Impressive by the Panthers. Um, you know, the Giants kept it close with the Rams. I was super surprised on that one. Colts beat the Bears, right? The Bills, 
you know, another hot start. They're looking good. Josh Allen playing really, really great. Good receiving core. Uh, the, the addition of Diggs was, you know, phenomenal for them. They got a deep threat, uh, a downfield guy that will go up and get it for you. Um, and then last night, the nightcap, you know, the Eagles beating the 49ers. The Eagles finally won. They needed that win in a bad way. Um, Carson Wentz came out and played actually pretty good, um, and they got the win. Hey, if you're an Eagles fan today, you're happy. It's a good Monday for you, right? Uh, beat the 49ers. The 49ers fall to 2-2. Two and two. Um, It's not a good start for them. They lost a ton of guys, obviously, um, still without their quarterback. Uh, it obviously showed that they may have made the wrong decision with Nick Mullins over C.J. Uh, Beathard because <laughs> he came in and almost took him to win the game. Um, great, great end to the game, and that one it was close um, all the way through. The Eagles kind of pulled away there towards the end with the interception return for a touchdown, a terrible throw. I, I saw probably two of the worst throws all season made by Nick Mullins in two possessions. Um, <laughs> so uh, just didn't get it done, the 49ers, and they lost again. Uh, and that's a division that's going to be tough, you know, um, with the with the Rams playing the way they are, the 4-0 Seahawks, who won again, uh, wasn't as impressive this week. Russell Wilson had a good game, but uh, 31-23 against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are better than what people think. I think they continue to, 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 to play well. Uh, it's kind of surprising. Um, it's going to push Tua's um, arrival into the NFL back a little bit, uh, but, you know, they're 1-3, but... Uh, kept it close with the uh, with the uh, Seahawks and the Saints bounced back in a big way beating the Lions who are on you know a high after their win against uh, Arizona they're feeling good about themselves and and they lost right they lost this game this uh, next game I, I really thought the Saints would win this game it, it was looking uh, bad early on right they got down uh, 14 to 7 and uh, weren't looking good and then Drew Brees and company came through and won the game they needed in a big way with the Buccaneers being in their division who won again Tom Brady amazing second half they looked bad in the first half looked like it wasn't gonna work out for them they were down 24 to 14 I mentioned that the Chargers defense is better than you think they had that pick six um, and kept it close but hey the Buccaneers got it done Tom Brady did what he knows what to, how to or what to do and uh, how to do and that's win they got the win Ravens bounce back win for them as well I want to end the the podcast today. Um, well, and Patriots Chiefs tonight um, with the makeup game that they were supposed to have on Sunday with the COVID situation there, and then the Falcons Packers to cap the night off. I think uh, Chiefs will obviously get the Patriots in that game, especially without Cam Newton. And that Packers Falcons game is interesting. Um, you've got the Packers who are banged up at the receiver position, Falcons who are really needing a win, looking for a win. So that ought to be a pretty good one i want to end the uh, podcast today by talking about news that just came out um, for the texans the owen four texans the owen four texans fired their coach bill o'brien today and some of you are saying it is about time yes it is about time they finally did it they finally got rid of the guy who has been <laughs> absolutely destroying that franchise i mean they put him in gm and he gave up all those first round picks for what brandon cooks laramie tunsell uh, uh kenny stills um you know got rid of deshaun Wat or uh hop or gosh i can't say it uh got rid of hopkins right for what for what they got rid of d hop for a second round pick 
and David Johnson. No GM in their right mind would make that move, and they did it. They did it. He did it, right? Has just completely destroyed Deshaun Watson's career so far. I mean, that's a guy that just deserves better. I'm, I'm sure if you're a Texan fan and listening in today that you are glad they finally pulled the trigger and got rid of Bill O'Brien. He is no longer the coach after four weeks of this miserable season that the Texans have had to go through. Deshaun Watson deserves so much better, and they finally got rid of him. So where do they go from here? Obviously, they probably won't hire somebody. Um, there's there's not really anybody available that can just jump, especially in the middle of a pandemic season. They'll, they'll give it to a guy in-house, and we'll see what they do next year. I think there's a, a name that's on the coaching list of you know, and that's Eric Bieniemy. I think guys are, you know, would love to play for him. I think he's the next guy. Uh, I think he's still trying to learn a little bit under Andy Reid. But we'll see what happens. I think he'd be good for the Texans. I think it's a guy that Deshaun Watson could get behind, an offensive mind who's learned under Andy Reid, who's had um, success with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, uh, won a Super Bowl MVP with him. Um, maybe that's a the way they go, I think there's going to be four or five teams that are just really wanting that guy. Um, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, uh, but Texans finally get rid of their coach and GM, Bill O'Brien, something that Texans fans have been wanting for like five years or six years, it seems like now, and they finally did it. So we'll see where they go from there. I, I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's a great player. He needs some weapons around him, an offensive line that can block for him. You know, uh, I, I thought it might be tailing after the game J.J. Watt was talking about. You know, he hates losing, and he's tired of it. And uh, I thought, you know, that might be the, 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 the straw, right? That might be the end, of the end of the road. And it was, right? It was. It was the end of the road. Bill O'Brien fired today again. Um, the 0-4 Texans have gotten rid of their GM slash head coach. See where they go from there. See what happens next week when they play – um, are they going to bounce back and get a win that they need? They're 0-4. Um, so anyways, big news in the NFL and coming out of the NFL today, um, and that is the firing of Bill O'Brien of the Houston Texans. Well, that's it for today, guys. I, I thank you for joining in on the podcast. Um, it's been enjoyable today. Uh, like I said, great action this weekend. Uh, loved the NFL, the um, the rest of the MLB playoffs, and and even you know college football. Yes, the Sooners lost, but hey, it's going to be okay. Hopefully, they'll get some things right. <laughs> um, OSU continues to win, so another state team. It's looking good, and and to see them getting victories right now. You got the Astros and Athletics. The Astros are up eight to five at the end of the seventh. So be tuned into that Yankees race tonight. You don't want to miss it. Uh, NFL action, Chiefs. Um, Patriots playing tonight, and then to cap the night off, the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons. Have a great rest of your Monday. We will be right back with you tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk a little bit more. We'll, we'll uh, recap some of the games that we saw this evening, see how they go, and uh, we'll have a little bit more for you tomorrow. See you. <laughs>